Welcome back, everybody, finally, to the CC Podcast. It is the morning of Friday, July 14th. Mike Rutherford's here in Louisville, Kentucky. Dan Snar's up in Columbus, Ohio. Dan, been a while. I know we've we've seen each other, we've talked, but uh, first time we've been able to pod for, I mean, I guess a little less than a month, but uh, it feels good to be back. It does. We're definitely in the, uh, from a college athletics standpoint, we, we've hit that summer lull where, um, you know, this is about the point where, uh, you know, we start guessing about training camp, um, you know, which SEC coaches are going to talk shit about the other. So we're about to hit that point and then we'll, we'll be ready to roll here. But um, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Reds are in first place. Biden could not be higher. It's the summer of Dan. Um, but no, we are uh, we're doing good up here in uh, good old C bus. We're gonna try our best to not make this like an hour and a half right. Reds only podcast. But there's yeah, it'll be two hours. No, I'm there's kidding. no promises whatsoever. I mean, we since last the last pod we've done, I went on vacation. We have this thing, and I, I'd kind of forgotten about it where. The Reds just don't lose when I'm on vacation. It's true. It's unbelievable, and and that's when the uh, the twelve game win streak really kicked kicked into high gear. And of course, right when I get home, we have Scott Satterfield throwing out the first pitch before uh, a game at, at Great American Ballpark, and promptly snaps the streak. So uh, that was that was a rough way to end it. But Satterfield, you know, everything he touches goes to shit. That's, <laughs> that's we know. The deal. I was irrationally upset about that. <laughs> We had Satterfield do that, and then we found out this week that Will Levis is also a Reds fan, which I just... Is this team, is Reds magic strong enough to overcome these two just destructive forces that have entered our lives? I mean, they really are coming out of the woodwork. Like, And I think, I mean, we've had, you know, the 2010, the 2012 team, obviously both of those teams were good and they made the playoffs. Um I'm not saying that, you know, they weren't beloved. Like, you know, we had fun cheering for them. But, I mean, there's just something about, like, the youthfulness on this team and the way they play that it's they're so easy to rally around. So, as much as I want to dog Will Levis, like, I mean, who can blame him? This team is so exciting. And, uh, yeah, like I said, things are things are going so well right now i I expect the bandwagon to to fill up even more here in the in the upcoming months he's from massachusetts like you don't even go you don't even go here like he he should we should just eliminate him that's really he's he's done get him out of here and then you got the l's down in the reds uniform throwing a picture devin leary throughout a first everybody's just trying to, to to come on the reds bandwagon i don't care for it but i mean it's so fun because in if you're a fan, you don't have to be a Reds fan. If you've been a fan of any team, you know what this feels like. Sometimes the unexpected year, like the year before the year where the team just overachieves kind of out of nowhere, is even more fun than when you've got legitimate championship expectations. And I feel like that's kind of what this is. This is like the the 2012 Big East Tournament Final Four run before the championship year where like the championship year, you felt the entire season it was championship or bust. I kind of feel like that's where like the, the Reds are. We have a window opening here, where the next three to four years, the young talent that that we've assembled that's coming up, you hope that they're going to be able to make some some acquisitions to bring some additional pitching in. Like that's the window where 
they're going to compete for a World Series. Like, like right now was this was we thought it was going to be another close to 100 loss season. We thought they'd be fun because they had some young players coming up, but the fact that they're leading the division after the All-Star break is just so goddamn fun. It, it, and the way that they play, the youthfulness, Ellie De La Cruz being just a lightning bolt, Matt McClain and Spencer Steer being so good as rookies too, uh, it's just been so fun. Like I don't think that they're, and you, you may disagree, I don't think that they're a legitimate World Series contender right now just because the starting pitching has been not good and you're going to have short series to in the playoffs, especially if you don't get one of those top two seeds. And you need good starting pitching to advance in the playoffs. I think that, that goes without saying and they don't really have that right now. Maybe they can make some moves to get some guys or maybe when Lodolo and Green come back in August, they can be good enough. But it just feels like they're next year, a couple years from now, three years from now, like that's when you set the World Series expectations. That's when we'll be like – flipping out over every single loss but right now it don't it just feels like it's icing on the cake like every time they do something crazy it's just can you believe these guys they're so fun they're so inspiring it's i mean it's all anybody that that i've like want like my neighbor was talking to me my pam uh my neighbor who, <laughs> i had no idea she liked baseball she's like bringing up the reds and how she watches every game with her mom i was like I'm, like, I'm sitting out there. I'm like, yeah, Pam. Let's. We're talking. I'm watering the flowers and having a 20 minute conversation with Pam about the the Reds. She's like, you know, she's like, my mom's been sick. She hasn't really moved much. So, so we watched the Reds, and you know, this was on Tuesday. And she's like, I, I feel like I'm a, a drug addict, a fiend. I'm like, waiting for the game on a Friday. I'm like, me too, Pam. Let's let's talk about the Reds for 20 minutes. Let's oh do God. this. Okay, so I love Pam. Got me so but, um, but like, think about it. How long? I mean. It's mainly me. Like I, I, every time we talk about the Reds on this pod for the past like three years, I've made these declarations. Like, <laughs> yeah, things are shaky, but we got some kids in the minor leagues that are coming up, and like you know, I, I make these huge declarations. And I, even with that said, like even I didn't expect this this year. Like I was like, all right, like they'll come up and they'll take their you know, their lumps a little bit, but they'll give us like a glimmer of hope. And like, who knows by the end of the year, maybe, maybe that'll be the case. But I mean, all these kids have just burst on the scene and now we're in the conundrum of like, all right, do we want to possibly get rid of some of this young talent that we're just stockpiling in the minors for maybe a, uh, like legitimate, um, rotation arm or, are we maybe thinking long term, like okay, we kind of want to just keep, you know, developing these guys down, you know, down in the minors and hold on to what we have, and like you said, hope that Ladola and Green come back and perform. So uh, I'm actually going to be okay with either as long as we don't just give up the farm for a rental. But anyways, uh, who who am I kidding? Like I definitely think we're going to the playoffs. I just think there's too much good energy. Um, I would really like to take two out of three from Milwaukee this weekend. I'm going to be despondent if we get swept, um, and I'll be kind of sad if we lose two or three. But um, exciting times for sure. There have been so many times this year. I feel like we've had the conversation at least ten times where after a game we've been like, we lose that game 99 times out of 100 times. Like over the like, I, I, like I've seen the Reds lose that game 100 times over the last ten years. They just they find ways to win games that in the past they've always found a way to lose and you're right i mean you are you are kind of the eternal optimist amongst our friends when it comes to the reds you're the i think i've talked about it on the pod before where 
you know, the season will end in in like uh, September, and we, you know, we will it will have been bad. We'll make some bad moves in October and November. We'll spend the whole winter being like they're going to lose a hundred games again. Like this is, I hate Nick Crawl. I hate the you know the whole family. I hate everybody who's do, who's doing anything with the Reds. And then around like March, you'll you'll be like. Yeah, I actually kind of like the move that we made when we got Wilmot. <laughs> and then once we get to April, you're like, you know, looking at this roster, like there's some lineups that could really do some things. And I'm the one who's like, they're gonna lose a hundred games again. And oh, then th- this yeah. is kind of this is for you. You you finally got one of these right, where the team is is vastly better than we all thought they were going to be, than everybody thought they were going to be. Yeah, I'm o for my last eleven, so I was due. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the fun part about it, and like. How many times have we like? Remember we were at the Orange Bowl in two thousand and six, and like, went and like they were running on the field, and we're like, "My God!" Like I just think this is only the beginning. We're gonna be back <laughs> here every single year. <laughs> like I was like, I was convinced we arrived and we were a football powerhouse for the next like ten years, and we're gonna be playing in national games. And then with basketball, I mean, we go back to back Final Fours, win a national title. I'm like. Uh, can you imagine what this is going to turn into in the next 10 years? So that's the thing. Uh, you know, you never know. This uh, You think like, hey, this team is set for the next four or five years with what we have coming through the pipeline. But, um, you know, I've been definitely wrong about this before. So I'm just going to enjoy it while it's happening. I heard uh, Jeff Brantley say it early in the year. He's like, you know, you don't get to pick the years where you contend, which I thought, yeah, I thought was a, exactly. a good quote. I mean, we just kind of thought this was going to be a building year. You, you call the rookies up, you get them some experience, you take your lumps, and then you know maybe next year you're playoff ready. It certainly feels like they've got a shot to be playoff good this year. Um, we do have a bet, a group bet going, that they're going to be playoff True. good this year, which you botched because uh, the, the odds went down considerably after we told you to make the bet and you forgot about it. But whatever. If they win the World Series and go to the playoffs, we're, we're going to be very rich men. All so. I want to do is wave a towel at a playoff. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing in the world. Like you put a towel in front of me, no one will wave it harder. Like there, there's a, a sight when they like cut to like baseball in the playoffs and like zombie nations playing or something and the crowd is all waving towels. Like I am like Mr. Like, all right, here we go. I'm going to throw my arm out. <laughs> You, um. you, you're one thousand percent the biggest towel guy I know. Like, I remember after the Central Florida game, the the, the, the game that we, the only game we lost in twenty uh, in in twenty thirteen, you were like, God, that sucks. You're like, those towels though, they, they were incredible. We should have yeah, the red remember, towels every game. Like, stop talking like about the towels. We just a blew a thirty that, point lead. There was a yeah, you're right. I think I did say. It. There was a game they replaced the towels with pom-poms, and I was, like, furious. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You can't wave a pom-pom. You have to, like, you know, throw it forward. I'm like, no, I want the waving motion. <laughs> I've got one of the earliest pictures. So, you know, like, you're, uh, on your, like, photos, if you go to your computer where they've translated over, it always immediately goes, like, the first the earliest photo that you've you've ever put on there. Yeah. So when I open my photos, it immediately goes to a, <laughs> photo, a photo of you furiously <laughs> waving a towel alone in your old apartment during the 2012 uh, NLTS Game Five that you'd gotten that you brought in back. It had to be probably five <laughs> seconds before Posey hit a grand slam that ended our season. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the only image I can think of. You're, you're a big towel guy. What, what, yeah. what can I say? I know. Uh, yeah. Louisville marketing. Listen up. You put the towels in the seats. You put asses in the seats. I promise. Everyone wants to wave a towel. Get this man to Great American Ballpark in October and let him furiously wave a towel. You, you got to watch the team. You actually were in work in Baltimore. And right. you got to take out a game at Camden Yards, which I've always, uh, ballparks that I haven't been to that I'd love to go to, Camden's up there. It, that seemed like you had great seats. You, oh, you're, for people was, listening, your your uncle is, who don't know, your uncle's the equipment manager. You got to hang out with him for a little bit. That sounded fun. It was awesome, man. Like, he was super awesome and, and happened to get me a, a pass for batting practice. So, like, I went to lunch with my uncle and I was telling him during lunch because Todd Frazier had filled in on the radio that week. And I was like, I, I'll tell you what, I was like, I think Todd's like a natural on the radio. Like, I absolutely think he's awesome. And like, so when I go into BP, I'm just kind of standing there and my uncle's like over in the dugout space and we're like around the backstop and there's like kind of like a, a rope that ropes everything off from the dugouts. He's like, yeah, come on over. So we left up the rope. He's like, hey, Todd, this is the guy I was telling you about that said how good you, you were at radio. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, Todd, yeah, man. Like this is actually pretty funny. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I loved it. Like you in the ninth inning, you were cracking me up. Like, like we had the game one. We like picked a guy off. I can't. I don't remember the play that happened. And you were like flabbergasted. And then he's like, oh yeah, man, cool. And then like my uncle, like he kind of like drifted away, and it was just me and Todd. And I literally, I was like, oh god, what do I say? I was like, so you got a house in Jersey? Uh, <laughs> and he was like, yep, got a house in Jersey. I was like, oh sweet. I mean, maybe the most awkward 10-second silence sat there. Then he goes, all right, man, nice to meet you. <laughs> Just left. I was like, take it easy. So, uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Was, uh, I didn't want to dive too deep, but, um, no, it was it was cool. It was awesome to watch him take BP and uh, – Ellie is just an absolute freak up close. My God, he was uh, he was hitting some bombs. How's Rutgers going to be this year, man? Yeah, no, seriously. God, I'm like, remember that swing against Verlander and the ALCS? <laughs> uh, but no. did you ever make it back to Tom's River Little League? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh God, um, no. But Todd, he, he was a super nice guy. I can feel the U of L fans who hate baseball just fuming right now. They're like, yeah. this, is, they're like this isn't even funny. I know. I Talk know. shit about Kenny Payne, please. Yeah, we had to get our fix in. I'm, we apologize. I would do this for, for 45 more minutes if oh, I could. Oh, I would do this for, for hours. I'd go through the entire minor league system. I <laughs> wish you could have seen me like, completely like, nerd. Like when, so when we drove back from vacation a couple of weeks ago, like we drove down there in the day, and it was a fucking nightmare. Like it, it's to, for Louisville to Hilton Head. We can usually get there in like about ten hours. With, with you know, you stop once for gas. Ideally, um, sometimes with kids, it's a little bit more. Sometimes you can get there under ten. But it took us fifteen hours to get down there because all this traffic oh that was going God. on in South Carolina, and with two kids under the age of, of four, it was just an absolute nightmare. So we were like, we're we're driving through the night on the way back. That's what we usually do. We're going back to it. So everybody's asleep in the car. I listen to like seven Reds podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 if there's a terrible Reds podcast out there, I listen to it on that drive home. Like these are, I think one of them was like two like eleven year olds who didn't know half the names of the players, and I'm listening, I'm just like nodding along. I'm like, let's let's get it, guys. Let's let's, let's do this. It was all I could. It's all I could do. It's all I wanted to listen to. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm drinking in all the content right now. 
But there are exciting times ahead. I mean, we're, it's July 14th. We're still very much, and this is the, the deadest of the dead period. But we've got Jeff Brom talking to the media earlier this week. We're all, we are, what, three weeks away from the start of fall camp. And, and once fall camp starts, they'll start getting, you know, you'll get some practice reports out there. You'll have the player media avail- availability. It'll feel like the season is bearing down on us, which, which I'm really pumped about. And we're getting some content out of basketball. We, you know, they're doing their summer workouts. Uh, Kenny Payne did talk finally uh, with somebody. It was John Rothstein uh, earlier this week, and he said some things that I, I think on one <laughs> hand got the fan base a little excited. On the other hand, had the fan base a little frustrated. It's a it, – it's very much a, like, lose-lose for Kenny Payne, I guess. You, you know, when he d- – we're so used to having coaches, especially with men's basketball, that are very visible – and that talk to the media constantly. They're giving summer updates. They're going on radio shows locally. They're you know, just keeping us abreast of what's happening with the basketball program. And we are fiends when it comes to basketball knowledge in summer. And Kenny Payne's not that way. Uh, so he gets criticized for that. But then he does these – he'll do a radio show. And the reality – or a podcast. And the reality is after a 4-28 and season, there's not a whole lot that you can say that's going to make a lot of people happy. So he'll do that, and people are like, this fucking guy. And you you do kind of feel bad for him to a degree. I think he could help himself. And I I don't know, did you hear the the Rothstein interview or see some of the quotes? I I read the quotes. I did not listen to it, but I I read the quotes, and I could see why some of them were uh, very lightning boltish. Yeah, there's certainly still, I think, to a lot of people – a lack of accountability. There's a whole lot of... He references the cards we were dealt, I think, three or four times, talking about how you know we just we, we had a bad group of players, low talent, the NCAA cloud, people saying we're going to get the death penalty, a lot of the stuff that we'd heard. And then I think what, what really threw some people for a loop, including myself, hands up, was when you know, he got asked, what would you change from a 4-28 and season? And he said nothing. And I was like, I mean, you know, you don't... I get wanting to stick to your guns. I get believing in your system and believing that that better days are ahead. But when you go four and twenty-eight, like you know, you, you, I think it's safe to say you could be like, well, now, like having the benefit of hindsight, maybe I would have fouled at the end of the right state game, or maybe I would have told L. Ellis at the end of the App State game, make sure you get the shot off in time, or I would have said during the Bellarmine game, they're gonna back cut a million times. Let's not get beat back door a million times. Like you know, you just something like that. Like maybe I would have changed a little bit and had us win seven or eight games as opposed to four. But uh, that, that was, that was something the, the, the fact yeah. that he said that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I totally get it. You know, like you said, the cards fans are, they're, they're fiending and they're just wanting to drink in any content, any little nugget, anything about summer workouts, you know, anything the coach has, it's just, is what we do. And, you know, we, we had a coach for, 20 years that i mean was a content machine the guy would go over individually every single player and give like his honest thought um and we have the exact opposite of that opposite of that and it's just it's a big change as far as like what he said you know like i'm kind of with you it's like yep maybe maybe we want to take some responsibility there but i don't know how many times we have to say it at this point Whatever he says, it really doesn't matter. Right. I mean, he's going to say what, like, all we care about is what's this team going to look like come November, December? Like, you know, is there going to be, from an eye standpoint, significant strides made? 
like you know we've talked about it a million times are we going to actually figure out you know what the defensive scheme is like what the plan is on offense you know i think that's that's what i'm worried about what what he says you know honestly it, it, i guess uh if he's around for another year and we had a season that, but you know right now it's all about hey you know I just need to see it on the court. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's a personal thing, but I would I would have liked to have heard at some point, and this was the first time that we've heard him talk since the, the post-game press conference after the Boston College loss in the ACC tournament, which feels like it was a billion years ago. Like, I, I would like to hear him at some point be recognize the fact that going 4-28 at Louisville is just a colossal failure and just right. cannot ha- and just be like you know hand up like that can't happen that's you know, I take responsibility for that like you know, he ca- he always kind of danced around it during the season and he you know he would say like it's on I got to be better but then he would go into you know this guy's got to be better they're just not getting it they're not doing we're doing all we can in practice uh, you know with the NCA stuff and you're like just at some point you just got to be like four and twenty eight I don't care what the circumstances were cannot happen but we're going to be better here's how, here's why here's how. And that really hasn't happened yet, and I think that's it, it, look. It's it's frustrating to me. It may not be frustrating to everybody. I know people are, are trying to turn the page. I'm trying to turn the page. I am excited about some of the young talent. I like what he had to say about um, about Trenton Flowers, about Scott Clark, about Trey Smith. It seems like he's he's excited about the nucleus that they're bringing back. I'm excited with every Dennis Evans picture that I see. The guy's oh, electric. This, guy, this guy's awesome. I, he's I'm fantastic. I'm all, I, I'm all on Team Dennis. Um, it's, I think it's just, but like you said, it's hard for everybody to turn the page when last season was so, it was so bad that it makes you have a hard time getting a great deal of hope for this season. And I think it also doesn't help that it's you juxtapose him with you're seeing Rick Pitino's being more visible now. Like you see him the other day posting like his five big keys to success and going in depth about all this stuff on Twitter and him doing a bunch of interviews and going in and we're like I don't know how Kenny Payne wants to defend a high ball screen still and we've watched him coach 32 games already like I think that that's just the mystery again it's fine if you win games the the mystery nobody cares about you working moving in silence and all that stuff if you go out there and win games but when you go four and 28 it's going to have a lot of people asking questions about how are you going to get us not just better this year but eventually back to competing for national titles because that's the standard here. I feel uh, like an amateur for asking this, but it and, and I, it might we be amateur my mind. We are amateurs, yeah. Um, but I feel like it's been forever since we had like summer games against you know like like the Bumpy years. Um, and obviously, I know you know Kentucky. They were playing you know Team Germany, Team Canada. I feel like I don't know like if they're what the rule is against that or what when we're lined sure. up to do that next. Um, but I, I, man, I am just dying for something like that to try to get a feel for what this team what what it may have been a disaster this year with with a bunch of new faces. It could have been, but I would have liked to seen it. Yeah, I brought this up on the radio show a couple of days ago because I am. I mean, I've been jealous of we have a. A Kentucky themed show that's that is seven to nine in the morning on our radio station, and I've been like, they've had no shortage of content between like 
Calipari and Matt Jones fighting and, you know, the roster, are they going to get guys? And then getting kids from West Virginia at the last second and now having this uh, this Global Jam exhibition tour in, in Canada. Like, they've had plenty of stuff to talk about. Like, we, you can take a foreign trip every four years, once every four years. So we've been – the last one we took was in 2015. It was the, the Damian Lee year. We went to Puerto Rico. And in 2011, before the, 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 the Final Four season, we had the the infamous trip to the the Bahamas right. uh, with with Bumpy and all. The, that was before. It was the, the, the bellhop and the real deal shockers and all that stuff. And then I think in in 2006, we went to Canada. Uh, it was, uh, Juan Palacios was playing at that time, and I remember that, a uh, couple of close games. So we can go. Now, I know Chris Mack got asked about this explicitly, and he just said straight up, he doesn't like the foreign trips. Like he, he wasn't going to do it. He thought that with the new rules that allow the, the teams to have more practice time during the summer and to have actual you know, organized practices as opposed to just individual workouts, he thought he could get more out of the team doing the, the, the in-house summer stuff than he could playing exhibition games abroad. Slash, now, there's no roosters or skyline in Italy. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that didn't exactly work out. To my knowledge, nobody's asked Kenny Payne about this because this feels like this feels like the perfect year for something like that. You've got all these new working parts. And look, one of the other things in the interview that was a big takeaway that we didn't talk about was you know, he was asked about the transfer portal and all this stuff. And he, he all but said, like, I don't like the transfer portal. I think he referred to it as a necessary evil. And he made this point about saying that he wants to build programs the right way. It was the, the phrase that he used that I think raised some eyebrows. He wants the old school way where you bring in Highly recruited freshmen, you know, maybe if some of them are good to be one, enough to be one and done, so be it. But you want guys that are they develop over the course of two, three years and become really good college players as, as sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Occasionally, you'll take a transfer, but the foundation of your program is still going to be through traditional recruiting and development. And if that's the case, like this is the year to take a trip. This, right. this is the year to to build chemistry, to have that gelling, because you know you're going to bring guys back next year, hopefully. Now. It's odd to me that this guy who was at the forefront of the program that was being kind of raked over the coals for for not doing the traditional thing back at Kentucky is now saying I want to do the traditional thing. I mean that was at UK. If you want to talk about right and wrong, like people would always refer to the one and done stuff that Calipari was doing as the wrong way to build a program and it's cheap and it's easy. And the reality was he was just getting the players that nobody else could get. So it's odd to me to, to have the guy who was you know right in the middle of that saying like he wants to he wants to to develop players and have two and three years. It just seems like now is the time. Like however the I would look at however the top programs in college basketball are their philosophies right now and mimic that because the last each of the last three national champions has had two at least two players in their starting lineups that have been transfer portal guys like this isn't going away it's a quick way to turn around a program i wish that we were utilizing it more but kenny payne now finds himself in a position where he runs the risk of if he's going to try to do this you've got to keep your freshmen happy you know, yep. there, there's no guarantee that if let's say curtis williams comes out here and he plays five to eight minutes, and and you feel like it's it, he shows some promise, and he's going to be a really good college player. Can have a breakout sophomore campaign. There's no guarantee that he's going to stick around anymore. I mean, Trey White. I'm sure Andy Enfield thought that he was going to stick around at USC after he was All Pac-12 rookie team last year, and you know was popping up on some NBA mock drafts for a couple of years into the future. Um, 
I'm sure he thought he was going to be there for a few more years, and, and he was. There's just no guarantee that you're going to keep guys anymore. So, I don't yeah, know. it's it definitely seems like he is going against the grain of, I don't want to call it what traditional practice is nowadays, but like you said, you mentioned the three last national champions, um, and who knows? I mean. You know, if I was a betting man, I would say that wouldn't be, you know, the smartest strategy, but he could totally turn around and prove us wrong and everyone could come back, you know, for two to three years and gel. And, and you know, then we, from there, we kind of get the ball rolling. So, I mean, it's not like I can't see what he's doing. I see his vision. Um, and if he's able to pull it off, then I totally, you know, give him props and respect it. I just think this day and age with the amount of money that's being thrown away, thrown around, you know, from other programs, you know, tampering, other temptation. I mean, it's so hard, especially if you're not winning to be able to keep your roster kind of intact. And like you said, I mean, the, you know, nowadays there's so many, I mean, there's so many factors of not even just on the court but off the court keeping these kids happy so um you know if him and the staff have a plan of action of doing that then hey i mean we you know it's hard to trust him after 428 but we kind of have to um if it was me you know it would it would have been nice to have you know a couple certified dudes that we know can play at this level come in and, and kind of help the team and, and you know kind of bring some of these young guys along so uh, I guess all we can do is, is wait and see now but if it does in fact happen um, I mean how honestly like I think that's kind of one of the uh, would be one of the cooler things to happen to us and obviously quite some time because when we were winning like 2000 11 2012 2013 whatever that was like kind of rick's calling card like hey you know we yeah. brought these guys in we've developed versus like the one and done thing so uh and it, it made the teams that much easy to cheer for so if it does work out like that'll be awesome for like, sure. it's just a huge risk the the last thing on the the not doing the exhibition tour can you imagine like because you know we want to see it it's content for us it's fun for us i, I think it'd be a good team building thing for the team but imagine if we went to the Bahamas after knowing what we know about the team, the, the level of competition there, and we lost to like the real deal Shockers. Can you imagine, like in the, the middle of summer with nothing else? People would be like, "Fire him into the sun! Yeah, throw him off the bridge." That that could be a factor. I'm not saying you know that that would happen, but it'd be if tough. You're not confident in your team, you know that's that's that is a risk that you run by doing some of these trips. I mean, right now we you know, we have the mystery. So many of these guys we haven't seen play. Yeah, Trenton Flowers is a lottery pick on USA Today's latest mock draft, and yeah, Dennis Evans. We know we can block shots, and but like we don't know about Karan Davis or you know, Sky Clark. We see highlights, and we saw a little bit of him at Illinois. But if we watched these guys play and they didn't look great this summer, it would be it be it, yeah. The negativity that's already out there would get ramped up by about and a I, thousand. You know, I'm not. I, I didn't watch this game. I you know I, I don't have an opinion, but I did just come across. Uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, uh, a for stat line for his first game for Team Africa. Have you seen it on on Twitter already? I believe it was four points and three rebounds. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I don't know. It, it, it is what it is, I guess. Like you know, I, I would hope for that, that we're going to get a little more production during the year. But um, he's young, he's raw. 
uh, you know, he's he still obviously has time to develop, and I didn't watch the game, so I'm not going to sit here and judge it one way or the other. But he dunked. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, did see the dunk. Um, like dunks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these these are going to be the guys we're counting on. So uh, we're we're going to need to see some strides come uh, come October, November for sure. It's all about Dennis inside. De- it is. De- yeah. Dennis is going to average twenty-five and twelve. We're, we're Dennis good. will take care of it, guys. All right. Who 20- cares about the perimeter defense? You want to let your guy drive by? Hey, we got a big old Denny back there. Twenty-five, twelve, and twelve. I- I'm going to treat Dennis with the biggest kid gloves of all time. Like everybody else, I'm going to be like, God damn it, Brandon. <laughs> like, and then I'm going to be like, Dennis, come on. Like yeah. de- Dennis drops a wide open dunk pass. I'm like, Dennis. Oh. I cannot wait to replay this clip after Dennis like, <laughs> literally it's like you know gives us nothing the first four four months. Dennis. <laughs> but uh, no, the pictures, the pictures from all like the camps and stuff. I mean, like, yes, I, he, he looks like just an absolute teddy bear of a guy. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen legs that long. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, how short is his torso? <laughs> like, his legs are so long. I, like, I, I stare at it, and I have to, like, put it together. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. Uh, it's just Dennis being Dennis. It's just who he is. We, we love yeah. him. Uh, Jeff Brom did talk to the media. We also, I mean, we, we have to mention TJ Capers who was the number five player in the 2024 class when he committed to Louisville back in January, uh, has reclassified and signed with Louisville. This is a, uh, a big piece of news from earlier in the week. He now is a member of the 2023 class. I don't understand the reclassification thing. It was not around when you and I were in high school. I would have just reclassed right out of high school. <laughs> I would have been like, I'm done. I'm reclassing to the, the the class of 2000. I'm I'm done after like, my freshman year. Holy shit, Danny reclassified. He's at Air Force now. He skipped his <laughs> senior year. Is he playing basketball? No, he just he just went to college. He's just yeah. done. He's flying uh, a lot. <laughs> so he he reclassified. He's he's now on the team, and this is a cool thing. I, I think, and understandably so, after the whole you know Ruben Owens thing and losing a couple of other guys that were were highly touted in last year's class. When Capers committed, there was a lot of, you know, talk to me when he signs. Talk to me when he signs. I'm not getting excited. Talk to me when he signs. Well, we can finally talk to you now. He picked uh, Louisville over Alabama, Georgia, Miami. Virtually everybody in college football was after this kid. He he was the third highest rated recruit to ever sign with Louisville. If he had his prior class ranking, they dropped him down. He's like the one number 123 overall in the, the 2023 class now. And I think he's the seventh highest rated rated player to ever sign with Louisville but this is a to, to land him I don't know how much he's going to be able to produce immediately I know he's coming off of an injury and he also he didn't partake in, in spring practice and he's just now getting to, to campus but this is still a big deal for not just the you know, the future of UVA football but the the perception of the program right now as a national player in the recruiting game 100 percent like just I mean the the thing about college football Getting kids on campus as early as possible to me is as good of a thing as you can do. Because, like, the longer, like, is this guy, you know, he's not here yet, he's not here yet. For whatever yeah. reason, that usually ends badly. So the earlier that you can get a guy on, that that's usually, hey, you know, you kind of immerse him in your, in your program and uh, kind of what you guys do. Now, like you said, you mentioned the injury. Um, and I, I saw this on Twitter, and I kind of agree. I wonder, you know, I don't know how significant the injury is, but I wonder if it was going to kind of spill over into his senior year and he just thought, hey, 
and the coaches thought, why don't we just get him here early? And that way, you know, instead of sitting out and rehabbing in high school and, you know, who knows what's, you know, going on from that standpoint, we'll get him in our program. He can rehab here. He can study and learn everything. And and that way when he's ready to go, um, you know, he's, he's already a step ahead. So if that's the case, you know, either way, props to, to Jeff Brom and the staff. Um, I mean, geez, they, uh, as of right now, you know, games haven't started. Those are kind of a big deal, but uh, I don't think we could have asked anything more for what he's given us, you know, since, since he's been here. Uh, real quickly, I, I, I want to run through the, they announced the promotions for the home games this season. Are you ready for this? All right, towel game, towel game, towel game, towel game. All right, Thursday, September 7th, so the first home game, the first home game of the, of the uh, Jeff Brom era against Murray State is a blackout. They're doing a blackout on September 7th. That's, okay. a, that's a little interesting. People have some thoughts on this. Um, you know, it's Murray State. It's September. It's going to be hot. But I, I think the thing is the only other – you want to make sure that you do a blackout at a night game. And I think they only know that two home games right now are definitely night games. The other one they've already got a theme for, which we're going to talk about in, in a little bit against Virginia. Um, so I understand. I know it's tough to, to plan things in advance. It feels weird to black out against Murray State, but also it's Jeff's first home game. Should be a lively crowd. Should be fun. I need I need to dig in and find out who number seven is going to be this year. I, I, my Mario Uredia black jersey um that has no name on the back i just i got it for mario it still fits so um you know whoever's lucky number seven this year i'll be supporting you during the blackout game um i can find that out for you if you want to number seven is jimmy calloway oh uh the wide receiver all right jimmy (laughs) welcome in jimmy Who's 18 this year? I always those are my because I always from our for our comedy. So yeah, like, oh, we have two: Gilbert Frierson, line, DB linebacker, Richard Senior, and also Jaden Thompson, junior wide receiver, who has no social media. All right, Jayden. okay, gotcha. it. Last one: Who's number nine? That's my only other jersey I got. No Not well, we got two. I know one. What nine is the best jersey on the team this year? Because you got Ashton Gelade, and, oh, yeah. and Amari Huggins Bruce. Gotcha. That's right. Yeah, I'm. Not, I, I'm not a defense. I mean, Ashton's gonna tear it up, but like, I'm not a defensive guy. When you see me wear a jersey, like, you know, I'm wearing <laughs> it for the offense. Like, like, nah, this guy doesn't wear like, you know, a D lineman jersey. But um, yeah, shout out to both those guys. Anyone who ever watched you play basketball knows you're not a defensive guy. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, that night is also Ernest Givens. They're gonna honor his jersey. So that's Ooh. cool. Yeah, man. Bring Dan Marino with them. Saturday, September twenty third against Boston College. Are you ready for this? Um, let's hear it. It's President Kim Schatzel inauguration kickoff week. I'm fucking jacked. Oh my god, I'm gonna get so fucking drunk. Um, <laughs> it's for Kim. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, what an honor. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Boston College. They must feel pretty special. Uh, it's also like this day. They have like fifty-five different things. It's also Kids Day. It's a Ag Day tailgate. The uh, the agriculture vendors and associations are going to come. They're going to provide barbecue. It's also Educator Appreciation Day. It's Spirit Day. It's Cardinal. Like, so maybe, maybe I'm not going to get that drunk. You're like it's, it's Kids Day. <laughs> it's Educator Day. I'm like wait, I'm getting mixed signals here. It's Cardinal Family Weekend. It's Scout <laughs> Day. It, I mean, it, it, it is. It's all those things. It, man, if you're a scout, you kind of get. You kind of get fucked over here. It's it's kid day and it's scout day. It's like, wow, I want my own. Day. The teachers just getting glo- like 
glossed over here. It's like, oh, yeah. we're thrown in with a million other different things. I will say, and on a serious note, like, that they really do a great job from, like, a atmosphere standpoint and, like, what they have outside the stadium for kids yeah. nowadays. Like, it's, like, night and day from, you know, when, when the stadium first opened just for, you know, all the stuff they have outside the stadium. So uh, props to them. Uh, the Notre Dame game, I feel like they left this one – a little bit like they didn't want to plan anything too big because let's say it's a huge game night game game days in town like you want to you want to leave some room for yeah. for, uh, for big things going on but they're going to celebrate the 20 225th anniversary of the of the university of louisville and also they're going to honor the jersey of brian brom whatever get out of here brian <laughs> are they really oh yeah. my Wow, I was thinking maybe that'll be the towel game, but with that news, definitely not. Um, this is not a pro Brian Brown yeah, podcast. Hundred percent, can't make that the towel game. We'll move on to the next one. We will have every Brom on this podcast at one point, besides Brian. Uh, we'll get <laughs> we'll, we'll have Ashley on. We'll have Donna on. We'll have his kids on. We're not going to have Brian on. He's just he's he's an enemy of the podcast. Brian. Uh, <laughs> we love you. We love you, Brian. Uh, October twenty eighth against Duke is homecoming. Suck it, Duke. Duke's actually going to be like decent this year. From yeah, they may be our toughest. That may be our toughest ACC game, um, but they we'll, we'll see. You, you never know. Like, like trying to figure out who's going to be good in the ACC outside of the top two is always impossible. We're like, yeah, we're like Virginia should Tech's going to suck. Should we go through the schedule and predict the CW game? Because that sounds like a <laughs> CW game to me. <laughs> and uh, if you don't think I'm going to party on CW day, <laughs> you have no idea who I am. We leave. It's like before an exciting new episode of Seventh Heaven. Watch yeah. Louisville take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Oh, God, we really we should do like some sort of like Seventh Heaven watch party before and just get get riled up for the game. Can't wait. Little what was that? Uh, what was that crazy like witch show that had uh, <laughs> that was was on the CW back in the God, day? God, I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, I can't remember. It I'm either. getting old here. Yeah, it's also Alumni Weekend and Hall of Fame Weekend. So there you go. It's going to be fun. So, okay. uh, Saturday, November 4th against Virginia Tech is Military Appreciation Day. UVL typically wears those specialty uniforms. It's also Band Day. Ooh. Love the troops. Love the band. Now, this is the one that I'm really excited about. Thursday, November 9th. It's, it's, a, it's a night game on Thursday against Virginia. It's Glow Game. The cards <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? The cards will debut a special themed uniform for this Thursday night game against the Cavaliers. Fans should expect unique and fun glow in the dark and LED light effects throughout the game. If you've ever wanted to drop a gummy at a game or try shrooms, this is the game to do it. Uh, all I can think about is the episode of Friends where Ross is in the LED light. His teeth are just like all the players should get these like bright white mouthpieces, and every time they open their mouth, they have like the Ross Geller teeth from the LED lights. Um, I don't know how many people that listen to this pod are going to understand that reference, but um, it's fine. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the gummy. Um, yeah, that, that should be. <laughs> that, that should, well, actually, should I just translate this into my Dan and the Dumb story? Because uh, do you want to? Should we or should we save it for the end? Because just save it for the end. Okay, we'll save it. Just save it for the end. Just save it. Okay. All right. Gotcha. We'll come. We'll circle back. And then uh, Kentucky, the last home game is Senior Day. Pretty standard. They don't stay to wear red, so I think that's kind of it. Usually goes without saying, but that's uh, Senior Day. Governor's Cup game. Those are your your home themes for this season. I love it. No, I mean that's something to look forward to every single week. Um, 
you know, and like I said, they didn't even mention the towel game or the CW game. Yet. So <laughs> that's just two more things that we can we can add and, and, and really get hyped about. All right, we asked for some questions on Twitter. We'll cycle through some of these uh, pretty quickly here, and then we'll, we'll do Dan the Dumps, and, and we'll get out of here. Uh, Vols and Cards says, For months we've looked at Georgia Tech as an auto win. What's the morale of the fan base and squad if we lay an egg week one? Uh, not, not good. Yeah. Well, I have thought about that, and, like, I, I don't know. Like, And I love our fan base, and I love the optimism. I'm as excited about this team as everyone. Like, the schedule sets up. Like, everything is going for it. But, like, you know, you still have to play the game. And I, I know Georgia Tech, they kind of they, – they finished decently strong at the end of the year last year. And they hired um, that coach that, that helped them finish decently strong. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I don't expect us to just walk in and, like, you know – pound this team to the ground i hope i'm wrong um but you know i i i think like once the season starts there's always those couple and i'm not saying georgia tech's gonna be this team but like everyone's like oh this is nine or ten wins like easily there's always like the those couple teams that kind of surprise people it's like holy shit this seems pretty good so um i don't know who that team's gonna be but it, it would definitely deflate the fan base a little bit to lose that game um and i, I just hope that you know, as a fan base, I don't think Jeff Brom or the Cards are overlooking it. I just hope as a fan base, we're not, not just walking in expecting like an absolute ass whipping W. Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't be at least a little bit like worried about the the season opener after last year. I mean, if you right. listen to our podcast this time twelve months ago, we we were like, you know, do we only do we if we only win by fourteen, do we fire Satterfield? Is it a terrible sign? Like we thought we were just going to blast exactly. Syracuse, yes. and they ended up beating us to a pulp. And you know, ended up being you know, better than anybody thought they were going to be. They they faded late, but they I think they went started five and zero six and zero. It was yeah. a, ended up being a, a pretty good team. You just you don't know. And our so fan I, base has a short memory, and I love it. But I'm like, all right, well, like you said, let's let's kind of circle back 365 days and try to remember what happened there. But to answer the question, it would be super deflating because then yeah. you, you know you don't have a you know we, we've talked about the potential of starting five and zero. You know you play. Who knows how good BC is going to be? NC State should be tough. Like you don't play a marquee game until that Notre Dame game. It'd be tough to get the fan base like really back and excited, and, and you know, Brahms God, and we're going to be so good, and that mentality for a couple of, of you know uh, several weeks, and that would that would suck for sure. Cash yeah. Sodell says, "Have you heard anything about how practices look? Is Tyler Johnson still coming? Also, please come to Chicago for a live pod during the DePaul game." Ooh. Would love to do that. That actually would be awesome. Uh, the, I mean, I, I've heard a few things out of practice, and I've, I've relayed them on the radio show. CDK's written some stuff on the, the website as well as far as you know, what's what's happening. Um, yeah, the, the first few things I heard, Emmanuel Okorafor had been held out. Uh, it, it's funny that he's playing this week because he'd been held out of, of workouts, like the full-on practices, because he's still coming back from the injury from oh, last year. Well, that makes me feel a little better about the stat line. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Dennis Evans and Danilo Yovanovich have also been sidelined. I think they've been dealing with minor injuries. This is as of like last week. So maybe they're back, maybe they're not, but they, it's not anything that anybody expects to be serious. You, you hear the same reports about Sky Clark that you heard about L. Ellis last year, which are, you know, he's just, he's clearly the best guard. He's kind of dominating. He's being a leader. He's, he's the most vocal guy out there. And, you love you, you like hearing that. On the other hand, you wish we could get Tyler Johnson or somebody here so he could have some competition in practice because I think he needs that. Um, have heard that uh, 
Uh, Trent Flowers looks the part athletically for sure. Like he looks like he's he's the NBA guy on this team. There might be yeah. multiple, but he's the one who stands out. Uh, I've heard Trey White is the best guy when it comes to getting the basket and finishing, and also has a great mid range game. The outside shot probably needs some work. Curtis Williams is a very good outside shooter. He's not the fastest guy laterally. That's going to have to get better if he wants to be a good defender. Um, and that's, I mean, I haven't heard a lot about Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who's a guy that we really need to step up. Um, what about last... JJ? Anything on JJ? JJ, I heard that they did a, th- the only thing I heard was they did a three point like drill a few, uh, this was, I think, three weeks ago. And he was the best. He won. He won the drill. And I was like, okay. Well, I'm, I was like, I was like, I, I'm excited for JJ, but yeah. not exactly the news I was hoping like to hear. Line that. drive. JJ won the drill. <laughs> I was not exactly. Didn't make me comf- confident with the rest of the team outside shooting. But that's. I mean, you know, you hear the same stuff that you heard last year as far as like you know, they're doing a lot of conditioning stuff. They, they they seem to have some good team chemistry. They seem to be together. And you you. It, don't get me wrong. Like you, you want to hear that. It'd be one thing if you heard. It'd be another thing if you heard. Like, well, they they all hate each other. They're constantly fighting. They look like they don't care. But th- it's all summer talk. You, you just you don't know. As far as Tyler Johnson is concerned, I don't. I can't tell you specifically what's going on. I know that a few weeks ago that they were pretty pessimistic, and then it got optimistic, and now it's back to we don't really know. He's a couple of credits short. Um, but the you know, there had been some talk that he was going to arrive on July 10th. That obviously didn't happen. He's not here, so I, I, it seems to be an eligibility concern. And I, if you're asking me just straight up, just just based trying to make sense of the smoke that's around the program, I I don't have high hopes for him. Well, that's being good that's, to go this year makes me a little sad. I will say, like there was one. I don't. I don't think it was during an interview. I don't know what when Kenny was kind of individually. Maybe it was at, like. It might have been on like uh, one of like the bar stool or something. I, I don't know who was talking to who, but um, I feel like Kenny went through a couple players and mentioned them. And I feel like, and if I'm wrong about this, I apologize. I, when he got to Braden Huntley Hatfield, he was like, I, I think he said, "We're gonna need him this year," which, like, as someone just reading coach speaks, I was like, "We're gonna need more from him than he's giving us right now." Um, that's the only thing I read into it. I do think he's going to be a key for this team. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see or hear anything that we get on Brandon because he has, you know, kind of a body that can compete in this league. But, uh, you know, he showed flashes last year and then he disappeared. So we're just going to need to be him to be a little more consistent. K-Dub says, if you were on death row and dying tomorrow, what would your last meal be? <sighs> I'll let you go first. I'd want a filet. Yeah. Um, I'd want a twice-baked baked potato. I'd want... What else would I want with that? Some good mac and cheese. And then I'd want like a hot fudge sundae, I think, as dessert. Gotcha. Um, I mean, the traditional answer is probably steak. I'm, I love Mexican food. Like, I could eat Mexican food all day. Like, um, I even Cuban food. Maybe, like, steak chimichurri. Okay. Like, I, I could really go for that with, uh, you know, some, some jasmine rice sprinkled in. Um, that sounds good to me. And then, yeah, dessert. Uh, 
anything with Oreo in it. Oreo Blizzard, Oreo Cookie Cake. Got to be something Oreo. Okay, I like that. You, you are an Oreo guy. Yeah. Uh, Albert says, this is a good question. Would you rather have a Reds World Series appearance this year with the outcome being unknown? They might win, they might lose. Or guaranteed UFL football making the 12-team playoff next year, but they lose in the first round? I feel like I've got to go World Series. I know. I'm like, I know this is a cards podcast here, and I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but yeah. I mean, the fact that you left it unknown what would happen in the World Series, like, you know, if I can even sniff a win, I feel like i got to take that. As awesome as it would be, you know, first year to make the 12-team playoff, um, unfortunately, I think i I got to go with the World Series there. Yeah, if, if they had said, like, guaranteed loss in the World Series, I may have a different answer, but the fact that they have a chance to actually win it, I think. Right. Texas says, if Trevor, this is Gil Bolberg, if Trevor or Danny were hanging off a ledge on a mountain and you could only save one, who would you save? You can't answer both or neither. Well, Danny, you weigh, like, one-fourth of what Trevor weighs, so I would definitely save you. I've also, I mean, I've also known you a lot longer. We're yeah, friends. it's like, sorry, Trevor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, UFL Sports News says, if you could have Ellie De La Cruz play for one Louisville sports team outside of baseball, which would it be and at what position? Man. I mean, I've, yeah, uh, now my wheels are turning. Um, I, I mean, they, like, if he I, played they, baseball, we'd win a national championship. We said outside of baseball. Oh, sorry, outside of baseball. Well, um, the, the, the answer that first comes to my mind, I'm sure it comes to yours, is wide receiver for yep, football. Yeah. I mean, we need him in basketball. Yeah, we do. Um, he is. He does fit K, KP's profile, like six five, six six wing. Yeah. I mean, God, he is just so fast. Um, I don't know. I feel like basketball, like, you know, I'm not saying you don't need skill as a wide receiver. You obviously need skill. Um, basketball, like, you know, you're going to have a jumper. They can play you a different way. Like, you know. I'd probably go wide receiver. It just it just feels natural. Yeah, I'm with you too. Uh, Grusey says I get this question at least three times a week. Are you still doing the show with Master P? I feel like we answered this the last yeah. time. Like, I don't know what's going on with the show with Master P. It's the weirdest thing that I've ever, I've ever been a part of. It happens so fast. Like we we did the show, the first show, with the full intention of not doing another one for a long time. The last the, the way that it was left with me was. It's kind of a sizzle reel now. They'll try to get some advertisers on board, and when we come back, it'll be like in August. I, I, I haven't like worked out. I would need like a contract. I would need to get paid for this. I'd have to talk to people. We have not had any discussions, so I've got no idea. I've got no idea if that show is coming back or or uh, or when it's going to come back. Um, Adam Willis says, "I just finished in line at TSA. Any flight or airport stories? I know you prefer to drive." I know you fly all the time now, Dan. You've probably got some good ones. You know what? Like, there's all these horror stories going on with airlines, and um, like, they did lose. I I I didn't have my bag show up a couple weeks ago, um, but I got it the next day. But other than that, I'm like, I've I've gotten really lucky as far as traveling. Like, um, you know, no real. I, I'm like, this sounds weird. Like. Sometimes I like want set not something super bad, to happen, <laughs> but like I want a little action. I'm like, give me a story here. Um, like funny story. So my brother, like I think he one week before the flight went into the Hudson, he took that exact flight like one week earlier, 
um so like <laughs> when it happened like he had like called us and like showed us his ticket it was like left at the same time like Jeez. you know everything was the same so that's like the closest we've had to any airport drama but um yeah other than that you know i i hope I, i'm knocking what as i say this like give me a little action but nothing nothing too scary uh, I brought gummies back from Colorado and got my bag pulled one, <laughs> one time. That was about, that was the most exciting airport story I've had recently. There you go. That that'll make your your heart beat a little bit. The weird thing was like I was fine. I was like, what? I was like they're just gonna throw them away if they don't. Like she she yeah. she knew. She's like, what is this? I was like, it's candy. She's like, okay, didn't care at all. Uh, Alex says you have to listen to one call to one person called Louisville Games for a whole year. Who are you picking, Dan Dockich or Reggie Miller? Oh God. Reggie Miller. Yeah, yeah, I'm Reggie Miller. I mean, Dockets is just, I mean, the absolute worst. I, I don't even want to hear that guy's name the rest of my life. You also love Reggie, as a player, at least. As a player, I did like Reggie. I kind of like that like he talks shit all the time. Um, but, yeah, as an announcer, a little left to be desired. Uh, CL1C4 says, what are your realistic basketball expectations looking at the teams that will play in comparison? We've gotten a little better on paper, it appears, but the other people forget the other teams do too. Realistic, I mean, it's hard, so hard to talk about this when you haven't, like, I haven't seen, I've got no idea if Karan Davis is any good. I, I, I just, we haven't seen any of the freshmen play. I'm still kind of, I'm expecting them to, the Mike Rutherford guarantee is they're going to win more than four games this year. I guarantee fucking tee it. They're going to win more than four games. Write that down. I'm thinking like in the range of 14, 15, 16, 17 wins. That's kind of where I am right now. Yeah, I, I was going to say a little below 500 is I mean, again, same way as you. I'm just throwing something against the yeah. wall right now. I have zero idea. Like Dennis could turn out to be George Murison. We have no idea, but um I'll, I'll say finish a little below 500. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can see that. Uh, Kentucky fan says, how wet does DJ Wagner and Reed Shepard make you? Not wet at all. Big blue bow UK 2K. Although I hate Reed Shepard looked fucking good yesterday, apparently. Yeah, there's a mom joke in there somewhere I'll stay away from. But, um, yeah, I did catch the Reed Shepard highlights, and I actually texted you, and I said, I kind of wish this guy was on our team. But, you're like, uh, I can't believe you're like, I wish we could have gotten Reed Shepard. I'm like, he wasn't going anywhere I else besides, I, besides the UK. I know, I know. But um, he, uh, for, for a freshman, uh, he, he looks he looks nice, so we'll keep it at that. You know what's going to happen? I mean, I, I, I've had the I've had the image since before he even committed to UK of DJ Wagner like lighting us up and then him – like yucking it up with Milt and Kenny and smiling after like on our home floor and like it's gonna if that happens it'll drive me crazy like oh, I, 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 mean, I will lose I, it no, I'd be out you you count me out my hair would be on fire but I think what's gonna happen now is like we're gonna we're gonna almost win that game and Trey Mitchell is gonna hit like a last second shot or do something crazy and we're gonna get fucked by Bob Huggins alcoholism like like he, if, if he just would stop drinking. We would have beaten UK. Huggins is going to fuck us one more time. That's what I think is going to happen now. I'm calling it on July 14th. Bob Huggins screws us one last time after all those years at Cincinnati. I feel like that's what's going to happen because that kid's good. He's a huge help for them. I mean, God, how that ended up working out for UK after kind of like the disaster summer they had. And they got Reeves back. I know. That's what I mean. Like everything just kind of 
worked out now like i kind of look at the roster i'm like fuck they actually are like i think it's a pretty decent roster they put together so must be nice um yeah, be yeah. Nice. i know but <laughs> we'll see all right, uh, let's get to. Uh, I know we're, we're close to the hour mark here, so we can yeah. we can call it a, a day on questions. Let's get to Dan of the Dumps. What do you have? What's right. the Dan of the Dump story? So I mean, guys, it's been a while I, since since we last talked. Um, so I've had a couple I could use, but this one definitely stood out. Um, so I mean, we've been here, you know, for four and a half, five years in Columbus, and uh, you know. I guess we could say like we had friends already when we got here, but now that my son's playing soccer, like we're, we're really, you know, we're meeting parents and we're, we're really starting to um, become really good friends with, with some of the parents in the soccer team and other teams as well. But, um, you know, we've, we've grown close to this, uh, you know, set of parents on the soccer team and we've gone out with them before and they're just like us. Like they would fit in with our group. They're cool. Um, you know, they're not afraid to have a cocktail or two, but they're, you know, they're normal. Um, but like, I kept hearing about like, this guy has like this amazing bar in his basement. So about, it was, uh, it was the night Ellie, um, hit, hit for the cycle. Like we got invited over there and, um, anyways, like you could tell he was like very excited to show me the bar. Like he was like, all right, man. Yeah. Like glad, glad you brought your stuff. So like we got out of the bar and like, it is, it's an awesome bar. He named it like the stag. He has all this memorabilia that says like the stag on it. It's like such a cool setup. Um, and you can tell that he, like he was very proud of it. So me and Kim are, and his wife are like, you know, in the bar stool chairs and he's behind, he's like, you want something to drink? I'm like, yeah go ahead he's like how about a margarita i'm like all right lay it on me like you know the vibes couldn't be higher and then he comes over and he like holds his hand out like in a fist and like you know kind of gives me just like a look and i open up my hand and he like hands me these two little like heart-shaped gummies and i was like oh shit like i didn't even say he just kind of gave me like a nod and he handed this to me and I was like, Jesus, I was like, it's 630. I was like, do these guys party? <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I was like, and I don't usually, you know, A, I'm not a huge gummy guy to begin with. But B, I'm like, I don't I don't know if I want to, like, mix this while I'm drinking. But, like, I don't want to look like a pussy here. Like, you know, so, <laughs> like, I literally, I'm like, all right. Like, he kind of gives me the nod. And I just casually. So I turned to my chair to the right. And I was like man, I don't want him to, like, catch me, like, you know, smelling, like, what milligram I'm working with here. So I, like, literally, like, like putting it, I, like, take a little bite, and I, like, chew it for a second. I'm like, yep, I just ate a dog biscuit. <laughs> he literally handed me two dog treats. I look over. The dog is in the barstool chair next to me. He's, like, panting, <laughs> waiting for his treats. And I'm like, <laughs> like... Meanwhile, I, no one even knows this is going on. I didn't say anything to him. I didn't say anything to my wife or anything. I'm just sitting here casually chewing up a dog treat. <laughs> I literally turn back around and hand Bernie the dog, who's awesome, like a one and a half dog treats because I had been into one. I was like, oh, my God. And like Literally, I went on the rest of the night. Like, I mean, we had a night. Like, we, we woke up next morning like – he was like, man, I think we hit for the cycle last night. Like, we had, like, margaritas, like, you know, Manhattan. We, we, we went through it all. I still didn't say anything to Kim until, like, Tuesday. I was like, 
I was like, Kim, I got to tell you something. I don't know how to, how to even just come out with this right now. I was like, uh, I was like, remember when we got there? I was like, Dude, I was like so I thought he had handed me gummy. It like, turns out, like, I bit into a dog treat. She was like, oh, my God, Danny, are you serious? So I ended up, like, telling those people a week later, like, they thought it was hilarious. Oh, God. Uh, the friendship just totally blossomed from there. But I legitimately was like, oh, man, like, gummies, you know, at 630, here we go. And, like, next thing you know, I was like, this is the most disgusting <laughs> thing I've ever eaten. Uh, so shout out to Bernie the dog. Shout out to Brandon and Lauren. Appreciate you guys having us. Oh fuck, that was funny. Uh, shout out to Bernie the dog. <laughs> very, very well done. Shout out to all you, all you listening. Uh, if you want to make sure that you get the latest episodes of the of the, the CC podcast, feel free to subscribe wherever you can find podcasts. Remember, it's CC podcast. Uh, it's for Louisville Cardinal fans. That's the way to find it now. And give us a nice rating. Leave us a review. All that good stuff. Uh, we will try to become more regular here as we you know, bear oh, down yeah. on the start Things of the season. Up. And if this becomes just a Reds podcast, then so be it. If, if the Reds go on a huge winning streak, then we'll just do this every week. And we'll, you know, you'll have to fast forward through the first 15, 20 minutes. But uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll try to do this again next week. Go Cards. Go Reds. Don't eat dog biscuits that you think are, are gummies. Go Cards.